Stream the show on demand at catchacanradio.com. I love that intro music. Hey, hey, and welcome to First City Forum, everyone. My name is Zach Layton. I'm going to be your host for today. I am joined today by KFMJ host and Woody's Finest Hour lead man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, co he does about half the singing as well. Awesome. Well, welcome, Tracy, yeah. to the show. How are you doing today? Good. City Forum in a long time, actually. Oh, I think really? the last time was uh, Driver Survivor, that thing where we all drink a bunch of beer in the studio. So, <laughs> so that was a, a little wise, a little ways ago, probably right before New Year's, I think. So, okay. Well, welcome back then. Yeah, yeah. It's great to have you here on this sunny day. And the weather has been crazy good, especially compared to the. It's been at least a month and a half, two months of just oh yeah sheer awfulness, either snow or just dumping down rain the whole time. Normally, mm-hmm. we get more weather like this during. In this during the winter during time the winter yeah yeah a little bit more sunny days where it's freezing cold but at least it's nice to look at you know yeah i love to go like get a nice cup of coffee from somewhere like green bean and go walk around the pipeline trail or something oh yeah on yeah, days yeah, like yeah. this that's my favorite you're more active than me i just sit <laughs> sit at home and do nothing so <laughs> well yeah. this is a good time to be active it's also a good time to go out and enjoy all the fun things that are happening around town right now we have a lot of a lot of different a lot of different things happening i think there mm-hmm. was you know the museum opening last week there's clue this weekend but there's also you know a lot of people were just talking earlier the spring break is coming up next week and a lot of people take off and go you know look for warmer weather elsewhere but in the meantime there's always 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 something to do around town for so, sure you know i know you were just talking about you don't have anything coming up right immediately with Woody's Finest Hour, but you were just mentioning some new venues and things that you're going to be checking out soon. Yeah, yeah. We've been in contact with Diane Slagle about playing uh, monthly during the summer out at the Mill at Ward Cove, which apparently I've never even been out there, but Austin has played there several times, and he says it's an awesome venue. So Yeah, and then, you know, that's one of those places that's new, and I think people have maybe, they've maybe seen some things there, but there's such potential for that place for sure especially during the summer because you have the you know the new births out there Mm -hmm. people are looking for something to do while they're waiting or maybe they don't want to take the hour long or whatever bus ride is into town so yeah Yeah. i'm I'm super stoked to see that venue we're also talking about some other awesome venues uh different bars that you like to play but the main place that i want to talk about is creek street cabaret absolutely back open and you were just saying that's like one of your favorite places to play in town right if you're in a band yeah that's just absolutely one of the best places to play in town there are there's a lot of other great venues in town but the jazz cab is just one of those places where people go into it with a totally different mindset Mm -hmm. it's not like they were just going out to have some drinks anyway like when they come to the jazz cab they're going to listen to the bands play and that just makes it have a totally different vibe you know so they're there they're there for the show and i think you know also having food there that's Uh made there having that fresh food uh it makes it you know you can go and have like dinner and and a show and makes it more like a dinner theater and it has just a, like you said a different atmosphere a different vibe than being at you know asylum is great and arctic is great and the dough is great you know if you want to go out and party right but this totem is, you can totem is another sit. great music venue oh, totem, as well yeah. they've really stepped up their game in the last few years as well so like you said those are places you can go you know kind of cut loose cut a rug a little bit creek street 
little more chill vibe. Yeah, well, and it's it, a lot of it has to do with the way the place is set up mm-hmm. as well. It actually kind of has a little stage and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just built for for an audience. You know, it's definitely definitely more of a live music venue than the other places in town, and people respond accordingly. I would say that's a good way to put it. Which, as a performer, I can appreciate, and I'm sure you can too. Yeah. Like having the audience oriented to you versus trying to find oh where am i gonna fit in here you know i've seen shows before yeah at some of the bars around town where you know if you're upstairs or at the <laughs> asylum or if you're like kind of stuck over by the, there's people playing pool behind you yeah yeah that's <laughs> ne- that's never any fun if you're in a band and people are just trying to play pool the whole time you're playing but <laughs> bumping into you like hey man gotta <laughs> but make then again shot. they could just say we'll play better and we'll stop playing pool so that's that's <laughs> the cynical answer i guess that's awesome <laughs> so what yeah what kind of or what shows do you have coming down the pipeline like if we wanted to come see if you missed if you missed Wendy's Finest Hour at the Civic Center they rocked it at Wearable and Adult Prom and, and then we the did the Valentine's, Valentine's Day Ball right after that as well yeah we we played basically at the Civic Center for the last four or five gigs that we've played and it's been awesome the Tid Ferry is an awesome place to play and they, yes. they were really good to us as well the staff has mm-hmm. been super understanding they let us bring our gear in like a day in advance and set oh, it really? all up which is we love that because it makes mm-hmm. you feel like a rock star because you don't have to <laughs> haul a bunch haul of gear in. and then three hours later you're on stage playing yeah that's mm-hmm. never any fun no yeah they're they're really awesome up there they also we have our uh our auction and autumn showcase there in october for catch can theater ballet and they're really accommodating for us as well and they were amazing during wearable arts show letting mm-hmm. us come in early and practice um my wife and i were in the, the opening act for that and yeah you guys were awesome by the way i saw that <laughs> yeah uh we yeah we had a blast and you know they're really accommodating and that's another space that's really set up for an audience to be able to enjoy you know like during uh jazz and cabaret put on by first city players mm-hmm. the fact that you can have the table set up there and have food service and drink service and have it be flowing like that but then also have the stage mm-hmm. and the ability the flexibility to come in early as a musician and set up and sound check ahead of time so you're not feeling rushed yeah just they, really awesome. i don't want to speak for them but like basically yeah if your gig is coming up on a saturday and there's people there already working just their normal daytime shift. You can go in and, and as long as you clear with Uh-oh. them ahead of time, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, email Alice first and don't Yeah, check. yeah. <laughs> Tina, Tina or <laughs> Tina Alice, or that's Alice. who I talk to, yeah. <laughs> but they, every time, it, unless they already have an event going on, obviously, there, there'd be a conflict there. But it's, it always seems pretty relaxed. They're just like, oh, yeah, of course, come on in. And so we've... The uh, particularly before the Valentine's Day ball, we actually mm-hmm. had like the whole day to set up and get everything tweaked exactly nice. the way we want it. So the the other thing I like, you know, it's fun if you can if you can swing it is if it's a nice day, like today, you know, and a nice evening, you can always park down at Creek Street parking mm-hmm. and walk up Married Man's Trail instead oh, yeah. of trying to find parking up there because one of my favorite things about going up there when it's a packed show like like one of your shows or wearable or all the people in their trucks that park on the medians or in the grass yeah, or yeah, like yeah. off on the side it's like <laughs> I, that's how you know it's a good show yeah since, since we've been doing shows up there we just park ba- up on the sidewalk on yeah, those exactly. back doors like we call it you, nobody else gets nope. these spots yeah this is our spot <laughs> so uh, do you have a show there soon uh there's now? talk of a show on the Ooh. 22nd i can't really give any details on that because we don't really Ooh, know exclusive. if it's, it's gonna yeah. happen we think even if that show doesn't happen uh my band woody's finest hour is at least gonna try to put on some other type of show maybe on the 22nd because that's my birthday actually so oh, fun so right yeah i i don't want to say i don't want to throw out anything because we don't have anything uh 
you know specifically set up for that show so stay but, tuned but on the list we our next show that we have definitely set up is we're going to be playing at the mill at ward cove on uh the 19th of may from 5 to 7 30 p.m so mark your calendar yeah and we really want to uh, these shows are obviously set up to to cater to the tourists who are on the boats out there but mm-hmm. we want to make sure that our people also make it out there especially because mm-hmm. there's probably a ton of people that haven't been out to that venue including myself so now, is that a day show for the tourists or is that a, or that's an evening show uh it's kind of an evening show i guess it's it's er, it's early for us but mm-hmm. i mean we'll get done by about 7 30 because they have to get back on their boats at eight or nine or something whatever that is yeah i know it's kind of that's you know can be tricky in the summer here where you want to do something during the day for the people that are here to capitalize on that in that regard but you also want to honor the people that are here year round and do things in the evening so plus being an 80s dance band like we are it's tough to find people that are ready to party by 5 p.m usually <laughs> like like we always whenever we play at the creek street cabaret right. for example we would start at eight and go until midnight and we called eight to nine awkward hour because nobody's right. had no enough to drink yet. Ready yeah. yet? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so by nine o'clock, everybody's ready to rock. The Red Bull and vodka or whatever hasn't yeah, yeah. kicked in yet. <laughs> the the bulldozer, I think that's what that's called. Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. Ugh. I used to do that. Mm, heart heart attacks used to be a big drink Oof. back here. The Jaeger Jaeger bomb. People call them Jaeger bombs, but they always call them Jaeger heart bombs. attacks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're popular anymore, though. I don't, For good reason. Yeah, I don't feel like people are doing the the Jaeger bombs anymore. Maybe they are. I don't know. No. Uh, so, really quick, just if people aren't familiar with your band, who who all are the members of Woody's Finest Hour? Well, there's me, Tracy Brown, on lead vocals and guitar. Austin Hayes is our keyboardist and uh, second lead singer. He does a lot of the, the vocals as well. People always get confused because Austin is obviously known as a drummer, but right. in our band, he plays keys. Okay. Uh, our drummer is Brandon Hoyt, who also does a great job. And then mm-hmm. uh, Michael Lunchbox Martin is our bassist. So. <laughs> Lunchbox. What, how did he get the name Lunchbox? Uh, the, when he first moved here early 2000-ish and we all first met him for the first time, his brother Marty just referred to him as Lunchbox all the time. And so we're just like, I guess that's his name. I and guess we just, that's his name. We just started calling him that. And it stuck. And I guess that wasn't his nickname right up until he moved here. Like, nobody called him that. It was just because Marty happened to call him that around this new group of friends and then just kind of solidified. That sounds like one of those things that's like a practical joke Yeah, in the family. It's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm I'm going to give you a new nickname that's going to stick with you for this new place like, <laughs> just to stick it to you. That sounds like such a sibling rivalry thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a, a, a vague reference to uh, Silent Bob. Like, that's what Jake, J, Jay and Silent Bob, Jay refers to, to him as Lunchbox, Lunchbox. occasionally. Okay. So, that's yeah. fun. And even Marty isn't Marty's real name. Do you know Marty Martin? Do I know Marty Martin? I do know. Lunch, Lunchbot, he works for Ravensbrew, but yes. yeah, yeah. He, he all, I won't give out his real name just in case he doesn't want people to know, but <laughs> everybody who meets Marty eventually has to ask, like, wait, your name is Martin Martin? But that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. Marty is a, a reference to his last name, yeah. That's fun. But yeah. <laughs> and then you, the some members of Woody's Finest Hour were part of a another band and you still are right yeah well technically i mean we we haven't played in those other bands so me and lunchbox were in a band called three man which was a a punk rock band uh similar think blink 182 Mm -hmm. green day Mm -hmm. we were big into uh uh bad religion anti-flag uh social distortion Mm -hmm. no effects rancid that kind of music Mm -hmm. so we kind of sound similar to that uh Uh, and then the other guys uh, uh, right now only brandon's the only one uh, the only member of bulk uh buck up little camp 
Camper, who's still in the band, but oh. but they were a death metal band with a, uh, and that also included Lee Freeman and uh, Anthony Matthews, who are former members as well. So we we started as a punk band and a death metal band, and then we turned into an '80s dance band. Yeah. <laughs> so how? Yeah, uh, tell us more about like the origin story. Like, how did you come up with the name, and how did you settle on? 80s dance from those like really divergent punk and metal backgrounds well Woody's Finest Hour was a fake name that Bulk would play under Buck Up Little Camper would lie and say that they were this other band Woody's Finest Hour but it was just Buck Up Little Camper okay and they would occasionally throw in some goofy 80s dance covers and this was pre me and Lunchbox being involved in the band at all uh so we had some gigs lined up in, I think it was 2017. Okay. And we were still playing as three man and buck up little camper. And we were asked to play somebody's birthday party. And we, we all just weren't feeling it. We're just like, we don't want to go bum people out with our mm-hmm. punk rock and death metal again. So we're just like, let's just play some, some, uh, you know, goofy eighties dance song. Bulk already had a few. They were already doing hungry, like the wolf and uh, sharp dress man and stuff. So, nice. well, Hey, let's throw in four or five more songs in there. So we went to play this birthday party out at somebody's house and there was literally, I don't know, 10 or 15 people there. It wasn't a big show at all. But when we started playing, especially certain songs like electric Avenue mm-hmm. and uh, sweet Dreams. We have a really cool cover of Sweet Dreams yes. by the Eurythmics. If you haven't heard it, is there? can we stream? Where can we stream? If, or can we uh, Just go to our Facebook page. That's the, the place where it has most, most okay. of our music. You can hear some full tracks or some fun little compilations, especially from our last couple of shows. We have some, some nice little uh, mashups of, of all the songs we played. So Definitely check it out because there's... So the, just look up Woody's, Woody's Finest Hour. It's yeah. amazing. Woody's Finest Hour on Facebook. So sorry, not to interrupt. So you're playing... And as soon as you started playing these, especially, these classic hits, especially Sweet Dreams, like we could just tell something was different. Like people just went, nuts. it just turned into a rave with 10 people, basically. <laughs> and we're just like, wow, that's never happened. Uh, and then fast forward a couple of weeks after that, we played the very popular Raining Man show, which mm-hmm. is done by Marshall Kelly out at his property. Same thing happened again. We played these goofy 80s dance songs and people went nuts. And then uh, it was actually Kim Hendrickson from the Creek Street Cabaret yes. who approached us and said, hey, we want you to. He actually asked Buck Up Little Camper to play a show. And Brandon's like, no, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but we've been you know messing around with 80s songs. Maybe we can throw on a show like that. And, and at the time, we only had maybe 10 covers. <laughs> so we had to oh, learn wow. at least 10 more songs to be able to put on a couple hours of music. And then, but that first show at the Creek street cabaret, that was history. Like, we're just like, okay, this is our this gig is now. It. This yeah. is, this is who we are. This is our new identity. And we hit the ground r- real hard, real running real fast. And, and our first, I don't know, six or seven shows we played were just off the hook. Off like, the hook. We eventually hit a brick wall where we had, we got uh, humbled a bit. <laughs> like we, we right. finally hit some shows where we're just like, Oh, okay. I guess we're not the best band in the world. But so from there we kind of, you know, mm-hmm. built ourselves back up, but, but yeah, it, w- it was really nice. We had a lot of hype when we first started playing. So that was a big part of it. Well, it seems like, uh, you know, you're talking about some of your favorite types of shows to play like, um, birthdays and reunions, like class reunions and weddings and, are fun and too. weddings. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, it, when I hope they do them again out at, uh, the cannery. Cause yeah. it's a, such an awesome venue that Cape Fox has out there. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like you were saying, there's, there's, there's this, this demographic population here that just really vibes with that eighties. And I think even some young people are starting to get into, 
you know, because their parents were maybe their age in the 80s. And so they're like, oh, what were my parents listening to? Or maybe they grew up listening to that in the car with them. And so yep. there's this, there's like, it's not even, a, it's not really, I don't want to use the word niche because it's not a niche. It's, it's a broad swath of the population loves those songs. I mean, those are, like you said, sweet dreams. Whenever that comes on, it doesn't matter what mood I'm in. I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen. I'm actually going to listen to this song. Yeah. Like, I love this song. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it's strange because like 80s retro culture has been a thing now for like mm-hmm. 20 years, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. like there's There's been all these little things in culture that are pushing back towards like neon colors and goofy dance yeah. music and stuff like that. And you'd think it would go away at some point, but I mm-hmm. swear it just like keeps every 10 years like a new resurgence of yeah. something 80s like comes back into the zeitgeist you know well and even look at the the perfection of the timing of a show like stranger things Mm -hmm. being so popular and the tie-in of that like have you have you even do you watch that show and no i have not seen any of it actually okay i know it's really good well i'm even thinking like there's a couple songs from the show where if you were to play some of those songs as as what is minus hour people would go even more crazy because of because of the popularity of something Ab- new like Stranger Things. Absolutely, and I know um, I don't do TikTok either, but there's a there's a mm-hmm. bunch of our songs that we've seen that we always kind of considered stinkers, but then somebody puts out a huge TikTok video, and all of a sudden everybody <laughs> loves these songs again. We play uh, Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers. Oh yeah, S A T U R that song. And and we all for a while we were thinking about getting rid of it, and then all of a sudden a huge TikTok video came out, and the last like ten shows we've played it's been the biggest, the biggest song of the night mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah i remember people like literally jumping around during that at the wearable yeah. after party that was awesome <laughs> yeah well, it just seems yeah like like we were saying like there's you just can't get rid of 80s culture for whatever reason mm-hmm. like there was something so strange and interesting about that decade mm-hmm. that people just keep going back to it over and over like mutant pop music right now is super heavily 80s inspired bands mm-hmm. like oh, the totally. weekend and post malone oh, yeah. are doing all sorts of songs that are like super 80s inspired i'm big into a subgenre of EDM called synthwave. Yeah, we were talking about which that is, the other day. Yeah, which is very it's it sounds like modern songs but all on like old 80s mm-hmm. software and 80s hardware basically like so very yeah. 80s inspired tones and samples and stuff but then the music itself sounds more modern mm-hmm. but some of it's very 80s sounding like yeah and there's you know the example would be that really classic not to keep going beating a dead horse but that intro to sweet dreams of that synthesized mm-hmm. piano it's just so iconic yeah i feel like i mean i don't know how much like history of music you study or or not but i feel like with the 80s but prior to that time it was very much all about albums and but it was very exclusive and then the 80s you still had the albums but it was like now it was starting to become inexpensive to get a studio it was inexpensive to buy a record Mm -hmm. but then also economically we were coming out of this this glut of the 1970s where people were starting to get a little bit more disposable income Mm -hmm. and so it really took off i think especially that's when media started to take off with television like really was hitting its like max stride and so you had stuff like the launch of mtv happen and now all of a sudden there's this fusion of television and music and you have artists like michael jackson and some of the other like really big rock bands that they were big in their scene Mm -hmm. as a band but then when they got into the 80s with that fusion with the television factor of oh yeah it was like where it could be 
not on demand like it is today, but almost yeah. on demand. It just took off. Became more of a visual thing, not just about mm-hmm. the music. Yeah, there's, there's a huge jump in the type of music from the early 80s even into like the mid 80s like Mm because early 80s we were still with like the Greg Kin band and and you know like a lot of more straightforward rock bands Mm -hmm. like Super Tramp and and bands like that but once the whole new wave thing came that like changed everything basically and that kind of morphed into like early techno and stuff like that Mm -hmm. as well so and that's where WFH lives like we (laughs) most of our songs are new wave we play some stuff that's you know early early just like straight ahead rock stuff but a lot of our songs are new wave a lot of our uh songs we play are by british artists as well too we've noticed like over 50 percent are by british artists yeah yeah and new wave is just an extension of punk which we were already in a punk band as well like you might not be able to tell the the similarities between new wave and punk but like that's what it was it was a bunch Mm -hmm. of punk artists that learned how to play their instruments essentially and started <laughs> started incorporating electronics and stuff oh yeah that's one of so. my favorite stories like how the sex pistols got started yeah do you know that story uh-uh. <laughs> it's basically the the short version is <clears throat> there was a guy who had a uh, punk band it was starting out sorry not a punk band he was starting out a band in new york city and it failed and so he went to the uk and he had this idea he was just going to like look for some new inspiration and there were these people that dressed a certain way and it's sort of like in the u.s how you had like the greasers and the jocks well they mm-hmm. had these people and they called themselves punks yeah and their thing was like leather and spikes and like yeah. you know spiked hair and like all this stuff and so he put this audition together and just got the four most punk looking people yeah <laughs> that, and none of them could really play except me i think maybe the drummer and yeah, they became yeah. the sex pistols yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. then that started this whole genre that I, really exploded i've heard stories especially about sid vicious the bassist that, yes. like they say sid couldn't play like the no. whole time that he was in the sex pistols the dude like could barely play bass at all yeah but they they're just like, like he looks awesome so mm-hmm. yeah they taught them just <laughs> enough to be able to fake it enough yeah and then i think even for some of their albums they're not actually the i think they are on some of them but i think some of them they actually are studio musicians are Th- playing for that happens more than you'd think by oh, the way yeah. too yeah a lot of a lot of bands probably have studio musicians come in where where they have their short Comings, you know, mm-hmm. somebody else does it for him. Like you really are not consistent enough on that guitar fill. Like we need to get <laughs> or that guitar riff. Like we really need to get someone else in here. And what's interesting about punk, especially early punk like that, is is like anything goes. Like there were there was a bunch of different bands that all classified as this genre punk, mm-hmm. but they were so different. Like the Sex Pistols and the Ramones and mm-hmm. the Clash, especially, are totally different bands. The Clash plays ridiculous music; doesn't sound anything like exactly. the Ramones or the Sex Pistols. Like they play a bunch of stuff that's like reggae and mm-hmm. you know very uh, African rhythm inspired. You know, like the Clash just has actually has like pretty complex, you know. Uh, difficult songs mm-hmm. to play whereas the Ramones are famously like a three chord punk band exactly but, and I we play both and I can tell you uh, Rock the Casbah is a way harder song to play than Blitzkrieg Bop so <laughs> that's awesome yeah the other thing with the 80s music I think that really kicked it off and like sent it in that new direction was that the proliferation of computers mm-hmm. in music yeah and you know especially now I think the quality of music has diminished in some ways so that the quantity can increase. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. But I also think it has made it more accessible for some people because you can now be an individual. You can sit down at a computer and maybe have some 
knowledge, but you can put together an entire track out of essentially yeah. nothing. I'm sure there's plenty of like DJs and sequencers out there that have like zero music knowledge, but mm-hmm. that were just able to figure out how to use GarageBand or, you know, one of those programs and, mm-hmm. and just do it. And these are people that would have never had an outlet for that if there, if it wasn't so easy for them to, to do it. So totally, we probably would have missed out on a lot of good music if this was 20 years ago. Absolutely. You know? But so. then, so some of these songs, you know, in the eighties, they're using this like really synthesized electronic, you know, quote unquote fake sound. Like it's not an instrument. It's mm-hmm. a computer generated sound. But with Woody's finest hour, you don't use the synth, right? You're, uh, you're, well, Austin it actually does play a bunch of synth stuff. Oh, but, he does. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're also filling that in with guitar and bass and yeah. drums to fill the sound out. So it's going to sound a little different than maybe the original song, right? It, it was always our intention to kind of keep our rock and roll roots. Like, we wouldn't be able to play this band in this band. Like, we would have all quit if we were all just doing, like, <laughs> straight-up literal covers of all these songs. Because mm-hmm. we don't like them that much, you know? Right. But but it, it was a, an excuse to kind of keep our hard edge in there, especially mm. early on. Like, a lot of our earlier covers were very, like, heavy compared to the originals. Mm-hmm. And that's helped us stay interested. And and that's just what we're good at, too. Like, if we were all literally trying to play straight-up covers of these songs, it just, you know, Mm -hmm. it would have lost its fun after a while. But but so we definitely kind of try and keep... It's strange because... We basically rub like a little bit of 90s alternative uh, <laughs> okay. tones on top of these 80s songs, you know, like like doing more of a just a hard edge version of even songs like Flock of Seagulls, Iran, you know, mm-hmm. like there's there's not really heavy, distorted electric guitar right. in that song kind of shallow musically too it's just sort of really that's a good way to that's a good way to put it and a lot of 80s music is like that too there's a lot of space in between everything Mm -hmm. and we kind of just fill in that space Mm -hmm. like that's but sometimes to our detriment like there's certain songs (laughs) like a lot of stuff by prince we can't do because Mm -hmm. it just doesn't sound like prince if we Mm -hmm. if we wfhify it you know it just doesn't (laughs) doesn't have the same sound because prince does a lot of that like where there's a lot of blank space in between each note and he has a lot of songs Mm -hmm. where there's not even like bass at all like you ever know like the song when doves cry listen to that song there's no bass in that song like it's just drums and like there's no bass yeah (laughs) well it's almost like he was using that like slow hand kind of different you know idea of the space between the notes is what makes the song yeah so it's interesting to what you say whfi yeah wfhfi you can't change it too much because it will take away from it but, but certain songs it's awesome to do that yeah. though like they it just sounds so much better when you slam some hardcore electric guitar and a Bump nice open hi hat on there yeah cowbell no cowbell yeah, no no cowbell at this point and yeah. it, brandon plays on electric drums so we could we oh. could we could change one of his symbols into a cowbell if we wanted to but so don't fear the reaper yeah is my request <laughs> yeah how often do you add new songs to your repertoire like? it's it's been slow going because of the way that we do it like we have a synchronized light show and we play to a click track we have backing tracks and everything too so so adding a new song is like this huge undertaking so it Mm. takes us forever to agree on one to do and then it takes a long time for us actually to get it all set up and play we don't Mm. we don't ever just like oh let's try this song and sit down and play it there's always there's already something set up and ready to go anytime we we sit down to play so process yeah yeah would you say it's pretty uh democratic uh, as far as picking the songs, for sure, I'm kind of the the tech guy, so I'm the one who always sets up the the light show mm-hmm. and the all the backing tracks and everything. So, 
but yeah, it's it's slow going. We aren't one of those bands. I wish we were one of those bands that could mm-hmm. just play anything. Like like you're gonna have Chaz Gist on the show uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow on or on Friday. Yeah, he's one of those guys that can just play, play anything. anything. Or Diane Slagle, who mm-hmm. uh, runs the Mill at Ward Cove, she could just play any anything. song. Yeah. yeah. Like we are not that band. Austin is pretty good. Like he mm-hmm. he could just figure anything else out, but the rest of the three of us can't just do it. You know, it takes <laughs> like, a minute. Yeah, I've never been one of those. Like s- that's never been my strong suit. Is just like straight up musicianship. I'm more like a production guy. I'm an engineer. Okay. You know. Yeah. How did you get into music, Tracy? Like, did you start as a child and work your way up, or did you? I got into grunge rock very heavily when i was 12 13 14 years old that's when the big boom was happening so that was like 92 93 94 okay do Uh, your math really quick and figure out how old tracy is exactly yeah yeah (laughs) and i got way into nirvana pearl jam stone temple pilots the offspring i liked uh uh, sound garden a bunch of bands like that and Nirvana particularly was one of those bands where like, Hey, I can do that. Like mm-hmm. I could play that song. And I, and I had an old, uh, my mom had an old classical guitar and I started just kind of on my own. I figured out power chords and was like, Oh, okay. Like this is actually doable. Mm-hmm. Whereas the previous generation of music, like hair metal was just co- totally out there. Like, Oh, right. I can never sit there and widdly widdly wah like those guys can. Mm-hmm. So whereas Nirvana was much more accessible to me. And that's when I got into it. I was in my first band Liga seven, in i was probably 15 or 16 like we were playing live shows by the time we were freshmen in high school and that was here yeah right? yeah i was here in ketchikan yeah and then just slowly we play i played in that band all the way through high school uh did a couple of project bands and then as we discussed earlier i met michael martin mm-hmm. michael lunchbox martin uh, early 2001 i believe mm. and then we started the band three man just because uh, we both love punk rock so mm-hmm. and we had differing uh uh bands that were influencing us because he's way more into rancid like 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 real mm-hmm. punk rock like sloppy real. grungy yeah. punk rock and i like the more complex stuff more like no effects and bad mm-hmm. religion where there's harmonies and yeah, a little you know. bit more music yeah in there and less Whereas, of the, the less of the scene and more of the of the the genre exactly well. yeah mm-hmm. And punk is weird like that too. Like some people would tell you, like that's not real punk. No effects isn't real. Isn't punk. real punk. Like, yeah. Rancid's real punk. Like no, nah, okay, whatever. Okay. I like Rancid too, but well, and I feel like punk is well, okay. Not to get off on a tangent, I feel like the subgenre ing of music for me personally is really obnoxious because you say something to someone like, oh, I like punk, and you name a band, and they say that's not real punk. Yeah, <laughs> and you go like, okay, well, it it's under the umbrella. Like there's like you know was it metal i was gonna say me and you both like metal and that's the worst genre for that people will tell you all day long that your favorite band isn't metal it's a it's a wheel (laughs) with a thousand spokes right and it's all on the same wheel like we can all just agree that's some subgenre of metal like don't at me yeah (laughs) if i name a band because you know you go from you know anything there's thrash metal and death metal and death core and like all these different subgenres but to the average person it comes on and you hear double bass you hear yeah. crazy guitar riff you hear some variety of distorted vocal and it's yeah. like oh that's that to my ear is metal but also i feel like metal specifically has gone through so many iterations uh-huh. where at the grammys i think the first 
Grammy awarded for metal was to Jethro Tull, yeah, which, over Metallica, over yeah. Metallica. Which if you if you were to go listen to like Locomotive Breath and tell me that that's metal, yeah, yeah, compared to what we call metal or consider metal now, it's so. I think so even Jethro Tull disagree. I think they didn't show up because they didn't think they were going to win the the award. If I remember that correctly, amazing. Yeah. I don't know that part of the story. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> Or you have... Um, Whereas punk music is definitely a little more yes. narrow of a genre. There's not a lot... There is a lot of different types of punk, but it's it all kind of follows the same formula. Whereas metal right. has a really wide variety. Like there's a lot of different types of metal that definitely. don't sound anything alike. And the punk bands have different influences. And so they kind of get pulled and then maybe they cross genre over into something like whatever you would consider to be straight rock or like a... Yeah. a alternative rock like what even is alternative rock like what does that even mean yeah you know that's what I a mean? good question and uh <laughs> the other one and i would love to hear uh, this is one of my favorite questions to ask musicians is what is is classic rock a time period or a genre in your opinion uh that's a good question i would say at one point it was a time period but now it's a genre because now anything mm. that's like 20 years old is classic rock like you can play right. Nirvana on classic rock radio now because it's you know that's super old music. Like their last album came out in '94, I think. So, but then you look at what like to me classic rock is Eagles and Led Zeppelin, yeah, and um, those types of bands where Van Halen and th those might be even part of different genres now. Uh, mm -hmm. But to me, it's like classic rock has to be from that era because that's, that was classic rock to me. But like yeah. you're saying I've heard like Nickelback yeah. on classic rock. Absolutely. Go, okay. But they're still playing. <laughs> yeah. Like you yeah. could have a new nickel. Like, so you're telling me you could have a new, is it, so is it now a sound yeah. that it's associated with those older bands? I think it's just depending on if your band is old enough, then it just becomes classic rock unless it's part of, a subgenre that's like outside of mainstream. So like, like can Metallica. Me I was going to say metal bands will never be considered classic rock cuz metal is not part of that it needs to be part mm. of that mainstream kind of rock, I would say. So as long mm. as your band's not too heavy and it's like 20 years old, you're classic rock essentially. Like mm. that's how I would describe it as a radio DJ myself like Right. Yeah. Well then do you feel like, you know, not to change gears totally. So with uh, KFMJ, you feel like there's a similar thing with country where people like are, you know, are there subgenres of, I don't, I'm not a country fan. Like, again, don't, yeah. at, don't at me. Yeah, I yeah. don't, I'm not, I do not like, it's not that I don't, <laughs> I can appreciate it. It's not my favorite. I do yeah. not listen to country. Yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, well, KGTW, the country station here is much more top 40 country, mm -hmm. whereas a lot of country oh. fans are way more into, uh, uh, the more classic country like Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and stuff like that. Whereas we, we play a little bit of that stuff, but KGTW is definitely more geared towards the modern new country, which even that's a fascinating subject as well. Cause country mm -hmm. in the last like 10 years is completely flipped from what it was. They, they used to be more, uh, loyal to the original country sound like it had to have slide guitar it had to have like fiddles and, and acoustic mm -hmm. guitar and stuff like that whereas modern country especially a few years ago was more like trap music like it kind of had like hip hop really with like the that cicada hi-hat you know like those kind of okay. beats so bands you know as, and, and, and now I feel like they're kind of curving back into more traditional country again if you listen to the stuff that's popular this year compared to stuff that was popular like five years ago mm -hmm. 
yeah, they were definitely starting to take a bunch of hip hop influences in country and kind of just change the change the game a little bit or maybe branch out. Yeah, yeah. But now I feel like there, yeah, like I said, there's like a push to go back towards more like traditional country. Well, it's interesting that you because I was actually just having a it wasn't an, it was not an argument it's not an argument <laughs> but about what genre is Johnny Cash right mm-hmm. uh, it was specifically Johnny Cash but then you also had mentioned Willie Nelson because in my mind. Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson are folk. Yeah. And, but they're both listed as country music legends. Yeah. But I also feel like they've gone through iterations and reiterations in their career. If you listen to early Johnny Cash, it's like very, very obviously that that is a country and like not classic, but like original rock influence, right? But then if you listen to some of his older stuff, like right before he passed away, that's it's hard to argue that that's country. It's a, yeah. it's very, it's more like, um, kind of pushes more into the alternative. Uh, yeah. What I would consider alternative anyway, more, more indie rock sounding. Definitely. Yeah. And then you can hear how that's a really good point of like how that transitioned into that indie rock that became really popular in the nineties. Uh-huh. That sort of alternative, not to use that word, but like the alternative to the grunge, it was like, you had this really kind of heavy grimy sound. And then you had this coffee shop really calm. Yeah. That's, what's really interesting about the alternative boom is it, it, like it kind of going back to what we were saying about punk at, one point like anything could be alternative like there's mm-hmm. there is no similarity between nirvana soundgarden and pearl jam like mm-hmm. the big three or alice in chains for that right. matter like those bands are so insanely different from each other but they just got all lumped, un- lumped in especially yeah. nirvana nirvana is a punk band like they aren't mm. so, they aren't they aren't alternative and they didn't consider themselves grunge they're like no we thought we were playing punk rock you mm-hmm. know and that's Kurt like, Cobain was really heavily yeah. influenced by new wave music mm, as well. So that's where a lot of their tones and their sounds come from. So, so I mean, you're obviously very versed in, you know, the music, you really wide range of, you know, music that you listen to. Growing up in Ketchikan, what was your first experience with, like, a major band? Did you, like, have to travel down south to go to, like, a concert or uh, something like that? There was a... I mean, I guess the the one that I would say is the band The Drifters came to town back in okay. the in the late '90s, and I went to the K High Auditorium with my mom to go watch them. So, and I believe there was a couple other bands with them that were. If now, if I heard the name, I would know who they were. But like back then, I can't even remember. The Drifters was the headliner act, though, and they did. I can't remember their big song. But that's one example. But as far as like rock bands and stuff, I still have a pathetic record. Like I've barely <laughs> seen any bands live at all. Like uh, me and my buddy Mike Rawolf went to Juno right after high school to go watch these two bands, uh, Five Iron Frenzy and Slick Shoes, which were <laughs> were some underground. It, like Five Iron Frenzy was a ska band, and Slick Shoes more of a straight up punk band. Okay, and that was an excellent show. And then me and my wife also saw, uh, you know, the band Chevelle. Yes. Yeah, we saw them in Arizona uh, when we okay. were living down there as well. But other than that, I've barely seen anything. My bucket list is to go see Tool. That's my absolute yes. favorite band. I I missed I've missed Tool by between one and three days twice in my life. Wow. Where I was in the city where they were playing and then left yeah. to go you know back or forth from some you know wherever I was visiting home while I was living somewhere else and they were playing <laughs> in L.A. But it was the weekend 
you know, after I left or something like that. And they, yeah. yeah, also on my bucket list. That would be hilarious to see Tool in L.A. because they have at least the one song, Anima, is mm-hmm. like about L.A. falling into the the ocean, basically. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> they have they no are. love for, for California. <laughs> I think they are from there yeah maynard is for sure yeah Yeah, that's that's where he started off i believe he lives in arizona now speaking of i've seen him in in real life me and my wife uh went to cottonwood arizona a few years ago because it was partially because maynard james keenan the singer of tool has a winery in jerome arizona which is real close (laughs) he does and so we're like hey and me and me and kelly lived in arizona when we first got together so let's go back to arizona and and see what this is all about and so we spent some time in cottonwood and we were leaving a diner uh on one morning and we look over and maynard keenan's just sitting right there and i've heard he's not a nice guy so we just like shoom like zoomed out the door and then we're just like do you believe that that was him like and then like (laughs) a couple hours later we saw him again he was walking with his dad it was a like big arts festival in cottonwood and oh fun saw him again but i was like i'm not gonna talk to him apparently he hates it when people come up to him and gush about tool so mm-hmm. yeah, he, yeah. Just, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's like into the celebrity of it at all he's yeah like yeah that the real like the tortured artist yeah kind, like and, into the into the music and he has that he famously like if you if you know anything about tool performing live he sits in the back like in the shadows with no spotlights on him no nothing you can't even see him and the the three main guys justin adam and uh danny are all out front with all the lights and effects on him and stuff but interesting yeah he's not he doesn't care at all about people seeing them when they perform so (laughs) i think that's one of the fun things about going to a concert is is each band is like their own thing like when you go see what he's finest hour it's like you have the light you say you have like the laser lights and you have all that you know another band here might just it might have a different vibe but like when you go to a concert you have it set up Mm -hmm. for their thing and uh, i don't know if you it doesn't sound like you have but if you've ever been have the opportunity to go to like a music festival yeah uh like i've been to not fest and and oz fest in Bakersfield and it's you know each band comes and takes the stage and they have you might have one that's a, like a Nordic metal band and they have yeah. literal like Viking ships mm-hmm. and they, they had a dramatization of a battle with like sword fighting and arrows yeah. and all of this stuff <laughs> and then you have like anthrax and they're like running around the stage yeah. and stuff like that that's super super fun yeah um yeah any plans to go go down south and see any other i mean that's the only one that i would i hate traveling for one thing but if i had the opportunity to go see tool Tool. i'd absolutely do it and it would like i said it'd be fun to see them in california just because Mm -hmm. there's like that weird history there like i'd like to see a californian audience (laughs) singing along to anima because it's like "Ah, i hope we all die i hope we all slide into the ocean (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's literally what the song is about like like a meteor strike or something knocks california into the sea one of the lines is see learn to swim see you down in arizona bay they make this joke which is a reference to um that comedian bill hicks right because he used to say that like i'll see you in arizona bay (laughs) like so yeah there's there's a lot of history about that yeah yeah well so barring any you know travel for you uh we have like i said there's plenty going on this weekend here and Mm -hmm. you know in the future i'm gonna have Chaz gist um as in the studio on friday to talk about more of those things because he's really tuned into the local music scene yeah he knows way more than me for sure (laughs) there's also going to be square dancing at the creek street cabaret this friday i don't have my info in front of me but that's going to be featuring the free radicals which is another really awesome local group um the monthly grind Mm -hmm. is back in full swing uh 
check out there's going to be some ktb students actually choreographed a piece that they're performing and they did that all on their own it nice. really took the initiative worked with their instructor grace jackson to work on that so i'm, I'm excited to see them do that and, and i'm really happy the monthly grind is back i think it was town really missed it i really missed it and i think they're they're doing a really good job of of like fleshing it out and having it be kind of this this really this thing that we can sink our teeth into yeah 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 i think maybe they get for a while there especially pre-covid when they had to stop doing it mm-hmm. maybe they kind of just fell into a groove and it was kind of the same people performing all the time mm-hmm. but now it's very much more of a diverse uh performance i would say yeah and it's an excuse to go out and it's a nice i love the venue you know what i mean it just feel yeah. if it's so intimate in a, in the best possible way and i love the way that the it just feels so warm and inviting mm-hmm. out there at the Saxman Tribal House. And, you know, I, basically, I think the moral of what I'm trying to say is stay connected to whatever you use. If it's if it's the radio, if it's Facebook, if it's Instagram, like whatever you use, if it's, you know, your, your network of people. And go out and just experience what we have. This town has so much to offer, and I know a lot of people do, but you know, expand your horizons. Maybe you don't like, maybe you're like me, you don't really like country music, but square dancing is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Go check out a local band like the free radicals playing, see what's happening. I know, um, Creek street crab cabaret is back open again. And Carl's going to be lining up, you know, uh, ratfish wranglers just yep. played look like an awesome show. That was an awesome show there. And I'm sure he's going to be having more and more things. I'm hoping to have Carl in here at some point to talk about, you know, the grand reopening, if you will, and what plans he has for the future. Well, Tracy, it was awesome to talk with you today. I don't think we'd go this long actually, but no, well, <laughs> a lot to talk about. We start well, talking about punk and metal and we can go all day long. Who knows if it. anyone actually wants to hear about it, but <laughs> well, I definitely had a great time, and thanks for chatting with me, and yeah. thanks for listening to First City Forum here on KTKN. We'll see you next time.